and welcome to Sporting for His Glory. Today, as always, I have an amazing guest. Today's guest is Julia Regis, and Julia is a leadership trainer, business consultant, and inspirational speaker. She is also the chair of the Cyril Regis Legacy Trust, named after her husband, keeping his phenomenal legacy alive. And Julia is a golf enthusiast, so I'm looking forward to hearing more about that too. I'm so excited, Julia, to hear more about your enjoyment of sport and the impact that sport has had on your life. And sport is so much more than just elite level sport. And I know that you've spoken about how sport has positively impacted your mental health. And being active is just a great and powerful thing for us all to do. And I'm also so excited to find out more about your faith and how that impacts your life. So thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I'm yeah, so, so excited to talk to you. And as always, we start the podcast uh, with a prayer for our listeners. So thank you, Lord, for this moment. Thank you, Lord, that you're with us. Thank you, Lord, that you are in us and you're with us as we do sport. You're with us as we work, as we do business, whatever it is, God, in our lives that we're doing. Thank you, Lord, that your presence is with us. And thank you, Lord, that your spirit dwells in us. And I just pray for those who are listening. I pray that they'll be inspired and encouraged and empowered by this conversation, Lord, to know that sport and being active is a great gift that you've given us, that you've given us bodies that we can use, um, you know, for your glory and for our enjoyment lord of sport and and just yeah the amazing creation that you've given us um in our bodies and and in all the creative ways that we can use our bodies as well and um, i also pray for julia thank you so much for all that you're doing in her life lord and the way that she impacts others through her speaking and all the things that she does as well so i just bless her too as well and lord yeah i just pray that we just have a wonderful time just talking about you talking about sport in Jesus name amen and amen thank you great so my first question is really about your sports journey so tell us about that journey and has sport always been a part of your life um I've always been a sporty person so obviously we'll clarify right up front that I'm not an elite sports person I'm just a, a very normal average individual that has always played sport um started with netball, as you know, many young uh, women do, young girls do at school. Loved netball, played wing attack, absolutely loved it. Moved into playing basketball, playing volleyball. I was actually very good at volleyball um, and was selected to play for county, but the sessions clashed with church. And I, I grew up in a very strict Christian household where nothing would challenge mm. going to church on a Sunday. So that didn't quite work out. Um, and then as I got older, I took up squash. Mm. And I played squash for many, many years, up until actually quite recently when um, my knees are <laughs> just not great. Mm. Um, uh, occasionally I'll still play racquetball, which is a little bit kinder on the knees, still on, on, the knees, still on a squash court. Um, and uh, took up golf 10 years ago. And I'd say now that golf is probably my uh, number one love. I love walking. I love hiking. As you know, I've done a couple of of, of hikes, uh, big hikes over the year, Great Wall of China, just a Machu Picchu. Um, so I, I've just always believed in um, looking after this vessel of ours that God has graced us with and, and blessed us with to the best of our ability. And for me, movement is medicine and mm -hmm. keeping moving and exercising is good for, for, for me physically 
and also mentally. Yeah, oh, I really love that. So you've tried all sorts of different sports. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. And also how you said movement is medicine. Like, yeah, that's really great. That is really amazing. It's so true. It's true, you know, movement, being active, it, it just, it's a great thing for us. Um, yeah, a really positive thing uh, for our bodies. So in terms of sport, um, specifically golf on the side of that sport, and um, what do you enjoy most about golf and how did you begin that golfing journey? So, so uh, my late husband, Cyril, uh, once he literally couldn't kick football anymore, because even after he retired, he still played football for fun and did charity days, etc. Um, but when he literally couldn't kick football anymore, he took up golf. And I was that that wife that would be on holiday and he'd gone off to play golf and I'd be by myself at the pool, or the beach or wherever, um, waiting for him to come back. And then, you know, one day he said, I think you'd quite like golf. Why don't you try it? Um, and initially I said, nah, you know, the golf was never a sport where I saw people that looked like me playing golf. Um, and it just wasn't an accessible sport. And therefore I'd made a judgment that people like me didn't play golf. Um, and I felt that Cyril played golf because as a professional sports person, he was invited into that space. So he was more accepted into that space. So after we had a chat about it, um, I said, okay, you know what? I'll try it. You're right. I'll try it before I completely, um, insist on excluding it and had one lesson and fell in love. I was hooked in one lesson. I hadn't realized how technical the game was, um, how much enjoyment you would get from hitting that sweet spot um, uh, when you did, on the occasions when you did. And I just fell in love with sport, and that was 10 years ago. Um, start taking lessons and joined a club, um, Edgebaston, where, where I'm still a member now. Uh, it'll be 10 years this September. So, yeah, that's my journey into golf. Yeah, I can tell you're really passionate about it, which, yeah, it's really great to hear. And in terms of your aspirations in golf, are there any kind of goals that you have for yourself, you know, your own personal goals? <laughs> because I set myself goals every year mm-hmm. um, where, where golf is concerned. It's a very humbling sport. It really is. And um, just when you feel that you're getting some form, you know, a different part of your game goes and then you have to go and work on that part of your your game. But I definitely want to bring my handicap down a little this year. Um, uh, I feel I play. I have, I have the potential to be better than what my handicap reflects. If that makes sense. Mm. So in golf, you, you're given a handicap that uh, demonstrates your ability. But I quite often play better than that handicap. Mm. But it's pulling it all together when you've got a card in your hand and um, you're being assessed uh, in that round based on your capability. So. I need to do some work on getting my handicap down um, this year. But my my aspirations for golf over the next couple of years aren't even really about my game, my own game. I just want to keep being able to exercise, have fun. Golf, the golf course is my happy place. It's where I do a lot of praying. It's where I do a lot of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really um, passionate about seeing more women of African-Caribbean heritage experience golf so that they can make an informed decision as to whether they like it. Um, or not rather than just feeling it's not a sport for them I want them to be able to have the experience and then make an informed decision so just as we did last year um, we took uh, last year alone over 50 women um, to taste the sessions black women to taste the sessions to experience golf 12 of them have continued golf 
um, and hoping to replicate that this year. Yeah. Yeah, that's really amazing. It's great because I think with sport as well, it's something that we we can enjoy in community, isn't it? And like you said, really trying to get black women involved more in that where they might not really see people, like you said, that look like them. So, yeah, that sounds really great. I'm so excited to see more of that. What struck me about the taster sessions that we we hosted was when I invited uh, women along, um, it was... It wasn't hard to organise. There was lots of, yeah, never tried that, never thought of trying it, just never even crossed my radar to try golf. Mm. Um, and they'd come and say, wow, it was so much better than I thought it was. Everyone was so friendly. You know, golf still, as, as a sport, still has some work to do in eradicating what I believe is a reputation of old that no longer exists, but there's still some work to do in communicating that to the wider public. Um and even, you know, one lady said to me, I don't think it's for me, but what I'm going to do is buy my grandson some golf lessons for his mm-hmm. birthday. And I thought, that perfect. That's exactly what we, we want to see happen. Yeah, oh, that's really great. <laughs> and in terms of uh, your faith as well, kind of going to that side of things, um, when did you become a Christian? So I, I, I mentioned earlier that I was raised in church as a, as a young girl. Um and there were lots of positives about that experience, but there were also, also aspects about that experience that I would say were not positive. Uh, mainly, I was frightened of God. Mm. I was in relationship with God when I was younger because I was scared of him because we were taught about, you know, hellfire and damnation. All, you know, valid points about, you know, mm. the truth of the gospel. But I just think... Uh, to create a perception or a view in the the mind of a young person that if you don't do this, this is what's going to happen is not a healthy way to forge a relationship with anyone, particularly mm-hmm. a very loving, merciful, gracious, forgiving um, father in our God who we serve. And um, I couldn't wait to get away from it, is the truth, because mm-hmm. um, it just it felt oppressive and it felt controlling and manipulative. I'm not saying people were those things. I'm saying how the gospel was taught to me. That's how I received it. That's how it felt for me. Um, And I did rebel. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I absolutely rebelled. I became a young mum at the age of 19 um, and took a lot of flack from that, from the church also, which added to the alienation and and all those other feelings that I had Um, and and just got on with life, Uh, worked very hard studied hard um, and I think I was then in my early 30s when I started to talk to people have people around me who were showing me a different side of who God is mm-hmm. and I liked the God that I was hearing about and reading scriptures in a different way and you know picked up the Bible um, and started to read it through the lens of love rather than the lens of punishment um, mm-hmm. And if you don't do this, this is what will happen. And I began to discover that God was all of those merciful, wonderful, majestic, gracious, forgiving. You know, when I read that he placed our sins in the sea of forgetfulness, he remembers them no more. That was like mind blown to me because growing up, sin was always in front of you. You always remind her of it. Um, and I found Jesus in my early 30s. I'm not going to say rediscovered my faith because I didn't want what I had. I wanted um, what I was reading in the Bible. And that's not to say that everything that I was taught as a, as a child was irrelevant because 
there were some foundationals in there that guided me throughout my life. But to know Jesus as loving and forgiving was mind blown to me. And I wanted to be in relationship with that, that God. And um, there was no turning back after that. Mm, yeah oh that is that is really incredible and it's true what you're saying about how sometimes you know um punishment and that, and that kind of yeah that kind of um like you said a lens that sometimes we experience church by can can really isolate people or make people feel kind of like church isn't for them or feel really kind of yeah like oh no no I can't I can't I'm not you know God can't love me or like oh God doesn't seem like he would love me with all my you know all the things I've done that kind of thing but exactly it's it's the fact that Jesus is the one who ended that separation and the way that sin separates us from God but how we don't need to be afraid of that punishment you know because he covers that but yeah I was just thinking of a certain verse actually that you reminded me of when you're saying that I'm just trying to get um get that verse up um, 1 John 4 verse 18 where it says there is no fear in love but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment the one who fears is not made perfect in love so I think yeah that really links to what you were saying about that yeah yeah couldn't agree more when you understand that that perfect love is exactly that it's perfected and it is perfect and how you interact with Jesus, how you love on Jesus is between you and Jesus. And as long as you have a heart that desires to be in relationship with him, and you are doing your utmost to follow what he says that you should do. I believe that God's okay with us and he's okay with that. Um, less condemnation and more love is what I say. Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Um, so tell us a bit about how your faith impacts your sporting life and also your work life. Oh, faith is fundamental um, to me. Um, you know, I start each day in, in devotion and ask God to guide my footsteps, to order my footsteps, to take control of my day. I'll talk about the things that I have to do, um, whether permitting and depending on where I am and what I'm doing. If I can get a cheeky nine holes in early in the morning, then that's mm -hmm. perfect. Um, I find that the golf course is a place where I do a lot of thinking and I get a lot of ideas or answers come to me and I might not even be intentionally praying as I'm walking around um, but something I've talked to God about earlier in the morning I may get an answer to that or I may have an idea into my mind and I think oh great I'll, I'll follow that up when I get home um Faith is fundamental to me in everything that I do. Um, everything that I do is for his glory. I love the title of your pod podcast. Um, when I became a Christian, when I gave my life to Jesus, my prayer was, Lord, use me as an instrument for your peace. In everything that I do, um, allow me to reflect who you are. And if I get it wrong, allow me to be able to say I've got it wrong so that I'm always showing your love through me. I don't always get it right, but that's my intention. That's my heart. Um, my desire is to allow people to see Jesus through me um, and in me. And, you know, in work, in golf, people ask me, are you a Christian? Because they'll say they've, no they've noticed something different or are you a woman of faith? Because they've noticed something different. And and quite often it allows a conversation to to you know, flow and flourish, that's a blessing to to us both. Um, but yeah, just dedicating each day to God, asking him to 
order my steps to guide me through the challenges as well, you know, uh, of, of life. Those scriptures that hold you, that anchor you. Um, I don't know how people do life <laughs> without having Christ at the helm, you know, of their lives. I hope I've answered that question. Yes, yes, definitely. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. It's the way that faith impacts, yeah, every part of our lives. And yeah, we can't really separate it from, you know, yeah, the other aspects of our lives. Um, I love what you say also about, you know, the golf course and how, you know, that's a happy place for you, but that's a place where you even, you know, engage with God and a place where you pray, which I think is really great because I think even with prayer, we can want to box that in, that it's a certain place where we pray and yeah. a certain place where we worship. But actually, you know, because we are temples of the Holy Spirit and as we're speaking about, you know, our bodies, like we can, we can worship God even as we do sport, even as we do business, you know, because yeah. he's literally with us, you know, yeah. everywhere. So, yeah, yeah, I think what you're saying really captures that as well. Yeah. You know, I remember one day, it really feeling like God was talking to me about, you know, not being afraid to enjoy golf mm. and to enjoy what golf brings into my life and that he loves the people that play golf too and he needs people to be a witness in those spaces and environments as well. Mm. Um, and it was it was an encouragement as well as a, a little bit of a rebuke, I think, I felt, because... You know, I was so intent on the ministry type roles that I had and the work that I was doing um, through my my role in ministry, you know, going into women's prisons, you know, delivering uh, workshops there to women and feeling and getting a sense of satisfaction about them, but not feeling the same kind of feeling when I was in the golf space. And I really felt God speak to me about that yeah. and um, remind me that wherever I am and wherever he places me, I should uh, enjoy and immerse myself in that ministry. And if there are some benefits, wonderful. Um, but I think sometimes we as Christians can grade almost like if you're out there mm -hmm. you know, doing prison ministry, that's more important than, say, you know, working with people or encouraging people in your sport. Does that make sense? Yes, yeah, it does. It really does. And yeah, yeah, it's so important. God places you. Sorry, it's yeah. like no way God places you and just mm. immersing yourself in that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And what you're saying about ministry as well, because I remember I spoke to someone, um, I just messaged someone online because I'd read one of his books that I really liked. And I said, Oh, you know, I'd really love to like get into ministry one day. <laughs> and then he was like, actually your ministry starts with your family it starts with your co-workers it starts with your friends it starts with wherever God's placed you so I was Absolutely. just saying like just what you're saying like really obviously we have specific places that we think ministry is but ministry is literally everyone we encounter so yeah, yeah, really great. <laughs> yeah oh, amazing and uh, tell us a bit more about the Sewell Regis Legacy Trust and you know what work do you do there oh goodness so Cyril, as you know, did a lot of work in the community. Um, uh, things people knew about, things people didn't know about. He was forever wanting to give back and pay it forward. And he was really passionate about working with young people. So after he passed away, um, uh, some of his family and myself, we just thought, actually, it'd be great to continue his legacy. So we set up the trust uh, with the view to um continue breaking barriers where possible um we knew we wanted to run a mentoring program because that was 
so important to him and a part of his job as a football agent that he loved the most. Um, so we launched a amazing program that we called Striker Change. Um, we collaborate with all six West Midland football camp, football club foundations, which is amazing in itself because it's the first time it's happened. Um, and we recruit a group of young people each year from across the region that are experiencing some challenges in their life. But, you know, football's a hook to bring them into a space where we can immerse them in positivity and the values that were important to Cyril and teach them some life skills. Uh, we're in our fourth year now. Uh, we've taken over 200 young people through the programme. We have 74 young people on the programme this year. And it's grown from strength to strength. And uh, we're looking at um, new projects now that we can hopefully launch this year. So it's it's exciting and it's been such a blessing to hear and see the feedback that we've got from schools um, and, and family members. Yeah, yeah. So exciting to see how that's going to grow. And, and just it's great to see all the amazing work that, you know, you are doing um, already and just that impact, isn't it, that it's having on young people. And um, yeah, really wonderful. And are there any Bible verses um, that have encouraged you through the highs and lows? Mm. Tell you what, um, I remember before Cyril passed away, there was a scripture that people just kept sending me. And literally even the, 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 the Sunday before Cyril passed away, the whole sermon at church was about this scripture. And it was Psalms 121. And you know when you 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 have that scripture sent to you so many times, or you pick up your devotion for the day and it's there. I'm like, and I remember saying, God, why do I need the scripture? And after Cyril passed away, Psalms one two one anchored me. When I couldn't pray, I'd just put it on in song, mm -hmm. or I'd just let the Bible out read it to me. But that psalm really, really anchored me. And, you know, I had to smile today when I did my devotion um, because the, the scripture for today was my second favourite scripture, mm. which was Isaiah 41, verse 10, mm. um, which is another verse that has really encouraged me to stay focused and stay strong and know that God is with me, won't let me um, sink into, you know, the depths of, of despair, but he will um, keep me safe in his arms and, and cover me. So, those two scriptures in the last few years have really anchored me um, and kept me. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. So I think, yeah, the word can really comfort us, isn't it? Anchor us and, yeah, I guess give words where yeah. we don't have the words ourselves, you know, especially the Psalms, you know. Yeah. Yeah, really such a blessing um, to, to to know that God loves you so much that he will deposit his word strongly in your spirit um, mm. to, to carry you through a difficult time. Yeah, yeah, amazing. And what encouragement um, and advice would you give to Christians in the sports and fitness world? Oh, goodness. Um, I, I think just continuing to be that authentic version of yourself, the unique individual that God has created you to be. Press into that, lean into that, be that individual. I think sometimes we, we just see, we see people trying to fit, to bend and, and merge and, and become uh, a, a look or a feel that's popular. 
Mm. Um, but God hasn't called us to be popular. He's called us to be his children and witness of his love um, mm. and his, his work in our lives. And however God has created you to be unique and different, press into that and celebrate that and be the best version of that person that you can be. Because that's where God can really use you when you become who he wants you to be, not who society says you should be. All those things about your personality that, you know, you think maybe other people don't like or is maybe a little bit quirky. It's intentional. God has created you intentionally um, mm. in that way. Yes, we're all here to work on ourselves and develop ourselves. We're not perfect. Um, but I, I find sometimes that those things that make us unique, we try and sometimes hide under a bushel. Mm. Yeah. Bring that light out, bring that uniqueness out. and. Um, step into it and celebrate it because yeah. God has made you like that for a reason and you're made in his his image remember mm. so when we say there are things about us we don't like what are we saying to God mm. yeah yeah that's so important and so true and a really important challenge for us all isn't it it's true like we have been created for a purpose um and yeah God has intentionally made us how we are it's about living authentically and yeah being who God has called us to be being set apart yeah, exactly. Oh. Yes, amazing. And lastly, um, do you have anything else on your heart to share with us today? Oh, goodness. Um, I think it's really just um, along the lines of what, what I was just sharing. Um, and, and I love how you phrase it at the end, being set apart, because being set apart can sometimes feel lonely. Mm. Um, but just know that... Uh, in that walk that you choose to pursue with God at the helm, putting God first, that he is always with you. You are never really alone. Mm. Uh, God is always with you. And the more we seek to fulfill our purpose in God, um, is the more God needs us and wants us to rely on him so that nobody else can take the credit mm. or the glory, not even yourself, but only him. And I've learned through my life that you know, where I th see things unraveling around me, it's quite often because God wants me just to press into him more and rely on him in totality rather than people. Um, so, yeah, that would be my encouragement to hopefully someone out there. It doesn't matter how lonely it feels, you are not alone. God is with you. And as long as you know wholeheartedly that you are being obedient to what he's called you to do, it will come good. Amen. Yeah, amazing. Thank you so much. It, yeah, so much encouragement there. So I hope you guys who have been listening, I hope that you do feel really encouraged. And I'm sure you've got lots of things to think about as well, you know, in a really good way to know that, yeah, God has an amazing purpose for you. And, you know, you can just trust him and lean on him through everything. So thank you so much, Julia, for joining us today. I really appreciate your time as well. Thank you, Kari. Uh, thank you and thank you everyone for listening and uh, we'll be back for the next episode so have a wonderful day whatever you're doing right now and we'll see you soon bye, bye, -bye.